0: Are you living the crazy life of a sports parent? This is Sports Parenthood, the podcast packed with cool conversations with sports people, coaches, and professionals for rookie sports parents just like you. You'll hear nuggets of gold in every episode with your hosts, fellow sports parents, John and Tiffany Bonacera all expert opinion and and what many people like me know and feel is right. With junior sport, I feel as though most of the time these days we're probably doing the exact opposite to what's important.
1: So what is important in junior sport and why are so many of us getting it wrong to the detriment of our sports kids? which is having an impact on how things are playing out at the top end in sporting codes across the country.
2: In this episode of Sports Parenthood, you'll hear from Joel Wilson, a former professional rugby league and rugby union player, whose 15-year career in sport includes three years in the NRL with the mighty North (laughs) Sydney Bears, and then a stint with the Brumbies in rugby union in its golden era, where he won a few super rugby titles, and finally capping it off with a stint in Japan. But interestingly, Joel's sporting dream as a kid is different to how it actually turned out.
1: Now he wears many hats. He's a coach and sports master at a junior school in Sydney's inner west. Joel's involved in community sport and he's also a sports parent.
2: He shares some pretty awesome personal (laughs) stories, lessons in sliding door moments and how a little bit of luck goes a long way in sport. Through his own observations and experience, Joel reckons some sports parents lose perspective, mm-hmm. even though it's coming from a place of love. No one is perfect. Nope. I know we can attest to. Mm-hmm. If. Even Joel finds he has to bite his tongue at times.
1: What are the two things Joel suggests sports parents worry about? In a show that starts with Joel's reflection on a childhood growing up in country New South Wales, firstly in Deniliquin or Denny you- in the Riverina, and then in Mudgee in the Central West.
0: Here's Joel. Mudgee was a, a fantastic place to grow up. Uh, I, I moved there with my family when I was in Year 2 in primary school, so around seven years of age. Before that, I was, uh, I was born in Newcastle, and my, my father was a schoolteacher, so back in those days, mm. you used to get yeah. transferred around the, the place. And when I was or before I started school, we, he was transferred to a place called Mathura, which is a very small... Town outside oh, okay. of Deniliquin in the Riverina of New South Wales. So, I spent my my first well seven years in Deniliquin, which is a very small country town. I've since learnt after after going back many years later. Um, and you know, I started my my sport there with AFL. Yeah. Uh, obviously, in the Riverina, there's there's no rugby posts in yeah, the playground. Strong. It's AFL posts and and was involved in little athletics and, and, and BMX Fine. racing as well, so at, at four Very years of age, cool. I was riding BMx's um, at daniloquent and then a uh, short term or short time later my my father was uh, transferred again to to Mudgie and uh, it was in Mudgee where I guess I, I spent my, my formative years I, I finished school in Mudgee. so from the age of seven to eighteen I I lived in Mudgie and just had an amazing yeah but uh, just had an amazing opportunity to play every sport you could imagine. You know, I, I played cricket, started with soccer, played cricket and rugby, uh, golf, lawn bowls, squash, wow. tennis, you, you name it. I I played every single sport. And I, and I guess a country town like Mudgee enables you to do that, yeah. whereby travel, you know, from your house to the golf course is only...
2: Not too worried about the old traffic and yeah, parking. Yeah, and,
0: and, and living in a town and becoming relatively self-sufficient at a certain age. You know, you can ride your bike there and or walk there with mates. And so that enabled me to play so many different types of sport. And then, you know, cool. there's also informal opportunities, you know, climbing trees and mountains and throwing stones and cow poo, whatever, whatever you want to throw in, in mud you can do. <laughs> oh, of course. Um, <laughs>
2: Hard outer, soft yeah, inner. Yeah,
0: and, uh, you know, that was, and, you know, chopping firewood and all, all those things, I, I guess, really gave me a, a good grounding. Yeah, and in developing motor my, skills. Uh, and Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, I, I love sport. It was it was really something that I you know I remember always having a ball in my hand. You know, Christmas time you'd get all these amazing gifts, but if I had a a couple of brand new tennis balls and a brick wall, that was that was me. I'd I'd be I'd be gone. And 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 Mudgee was a a country town which had a great sense of community. I was very lucky to have some fantastic role models, you know, teachers and and coaches. And yeah, you know, looking back, it was just an amazing upbringing and and. Such a well-rounded uh, upbringing in, in regards to sport.
1: So, what role did sport play in your family growing up, and what kind of sports parents were your own parents?
0: Yeah, so I'm one of I'm the oldest of three children. My sister is two, uh, roughly two years younger. She enjoyed sport. She was a participant in sport, but probably didn't have the same um, killer instinct that I I had. And my brother, he's eight years younger than me, so quite a lot younger and, and he was a very talented sportsman as well, but, you know, didn't have the same um, luck that I, I had. My my dad loved sport. I wouldn't say he was a, an exceptional um, sportsman. Um, mum talked about her exploits, but I, I never really saw them too much. And obviously, you know, there's plenty of um, family legends about you <laughs> know, un- un- uncles and Indeed. grandparents who did this and that. And uh, look, I, I think my parents – yeah, they they definitely love sport. My grandparents definitely love sport. you know they were a, a really good support network for someone like me. Um, they were instrumental in providing travel. You know, somewhere like mudgy every weekend you're playing yep. at another country town, which is at least you know two hours drive one way. Um, you know, sometimes you're in Sydney, which is back then would have I mean, been a four is. hour one it still way trip is, mate. up to
2: four or five now.
0: Up to the Gold Coast, yeah. Well, it's improving slowly, but. You know that, that those uh, travel um, implications mm. are huge in the country, and it's something that I always find somewhat infuriating when you get the Sydney people complain about going from you yeah. know, you know Chatswood, Chatswood to St Ives, and it's uh, it's a twenty minute trip. And you know, I'm, I'm I'm referring to times where I I got on the school bus and we drove out to Broken Hill for the first round of a cricket <laughs> knockout, and we spent ten hours on the bus and mistake was we, we bowled first, bowled them out for about 15 and got the runs in two overs. And and got back, back on the, on bus. the bus. So we, we, we played cricket for about 35 minutes and spent 20 hours on the bus. But, so it would have been nice bat first. Yeah, yeah we, might, we may have had some uh, more time out in the middle. But uh, you know, my, my parents were extremely um, supportive in that way. Uh, you know, I don't remember them giving me any sporting advice. Uh, they were very, uh, I guess, hands-off in that way, but they certainly provided you know, all of the logistical. support logistical support and, and the love that, that was required I, you know, I I do um remember that mum's input was every uh every athletics school athletics carnival she'd make sure that I had a, a tablespoon full of straight glucose before I left oh, just yeah. for some energy That's and excellent it was advice. tasted ho- tasted horrible <laughs> but yeah I I must say you know that that didn't lead me down the path of in um Drugs in sport and enhancement in any way. I, I, I was never a big fan of, you know, supplements and um, the supplements involved, but uh, I relied on a healthy diet. But, you know, mum and dad were very, yeah, looking back and, and reflecting, they were amazing in that way. And, you know, the, the community growing up in a place like Mudgie, those sorts of things, the travel and, and, the, and the support was also shared amongst the community. So, nice. you know, it was ideal.
2: After a um, such a well rounded childhood and opportunities in many sports, you ended up on a path to becoming a professional rugby union and yeah. rugby league player. Going on to play representative football and also a, a stint in Japan. Do you want to share a little bit about that? I,
0: I played rugby from about nine years of age, and and I, I loved it. It was also you know something I played every winter. Um, but cricket was probably my first passion. And if I was to be honest, and I had dreams about representing Australia in sport. It would have been cricket. That would have been my choice. Okay. You know, rugby was something that, uh, uh, you know, I was a late developer physically, so mm. I, I had good skill. I, I knew I was a good player, but um, around the ages of you know twelve to sixteen, I was, I guess, I was overlooked a bit in terms of you know selection yep. for some rep teams and things. And I and I guess that's a that's a. Uh, pr- quite typical, um, I, I think. For invol people involved in in rugby, that age yeah. between twelve and sixteen is where you lose a lot of, a lot of players. It is. You know, it's physicality. Probably the most, physicality. It's the most uh, you know unequal um, you'll you'll be in terms yeah. of you know different development and growth. Yeah, different sizes and development. And so I, I think I was about fourteen where I said one year, you know, you know, Dad, I, I don't want to play rugby this year. I, I'm going to go and play golf. And Dad said, "Cool, all right, well." You know, I'll drive you there on Friday, and you can start playing. And so I, I think I had about four rounds of golf. I got my um, my handicap. I think I was off 17 at about 14, um, and I lasted yeah. four weeks because I just missed <laughs> rugby. I missed yeah. the, the team aspect of rugby. The um, you understand. know the smell the smell of the the liniment and the change rooms. All those things you you don't realise that, that uh, you hold yeah. so dear until until you try something else. But I, I see that as a really uh, a, a big line in the sand for me I, I mean that was the time where and and i was and dad enabled enabled me to make this decision for myself mm. that was a, a really big moment where i thought you know what rugby is something that i do have a passion for um and i do have a, a motivation to to be yeah be good at um so it, but you know i i finished school uh, at at in year 11 and 12 uh, in a country town like Mudgee. if you show some uh some Talent, you know, you, often you're playing in the seniors team. So I was playing, you know, in the first grade Mudgy Wombats team against, you know, fully grown men who, you know, from Monday to Friday are working in the mines or as a plumber, you know, they're big, strong guys. Yeah. Uh, you know, they weren't, uh, they weren't making who, it easy. So
2: And who loved to take the head off a talented loved, kid.
0: <laughs> loved to take the head off a talented kid. And so I, I guess at that time, I, in reflection, I found that quite easy um not not physically like the, the hits were big yeah um you know the demands were high but, but, but skills I found the game, the game. Wise, yeah I, I, I had some success so not long after that my, my schooling finished in Mudgee and I, I received a letter I, I was at a bit of a loss didn't really know what I wanted to do uh, with myself and I received a letter from Gordon Rugby Club in Sydney to say you know we'd love you to come down and and play Colts for us so you know I, we had uh, or oh, I had relatives in annandale in sydney and my, yeah. my my auntie lives there so i came down um they found me be a, a job on, on the north shore and i started playing at gordon and i still remember driving out of or reversing out of uh, Mum and dad's driveway they bought me a car to come down to sydney reversed out and dad said oh you know what what do you what do you hope to play this year and I had no expectations. I, I had no idea. And I said, oh, look, dad, hopefully I could play third grade colts or something. I've, I've really got no idea. I'll, I'll give third grade colts a go. And it was only five minutes after I arrived in Sydney and got training with the colts where I was pretty, I, I had to reassess my, yeah, my, yeah. Uh, my goals. And yeah, I was going to
2: say, if they're writing you a letter, mate,
0: they're not thinking you're a third grader. Well, yeah, I, I, I guess. <laughs> that's I, a, that's I, a
2: very I, humble approach.
0: Yeah, I, I guess I think I think my coach in Mudgee at the time had some connections and I, and I think it was it was just a, a chance where they rang him and said, do you have anyone um, with some potential down there who'd like to play Colts? And I think he would have put my name forward. That's as, as lucky as, yep. uh, as sometimes you, those slow di- sliding you do, door you moments. Do you, need,
2: you do. You, you need do. You do that.
0: Anyway, so, yeah, I, look, I'd played two years, as I said, against miners and plumbers. I wasn't afraid of the of the reputations of, you know, 18-year-old GPS players or I had I had no respect for them. You know, I, I really, my first uh, year or two in, in Sydney, I just, every game I ran out there to be better than my opponent and, and I did and I was and I got opportunities from that, um, you know, in rep teams and and then shortly after contracts playing came your way. Yeah, playing great. And I, and I guess that was a, a very opportunistic as well. Like the, the, the people, the teams that I played with at Gordon, we had great success in Colts. I think we lost three games in two years, but never won a grand final. Uh, and then playing first grade for Gordon at that time, I was surrounded by international players. And if they weren't internationals, they were state players. And these are the days where, you know, Australia only had a, a New South Wales and a Queensland team. These yep. were really smart rugby players um, with no great doubt. experience and fantastic mentors. And I, I came through that type of a, um transition with sterling mortlock we played colts together and and both got a sort of a taste of first grade at the same time and had great success at gordon in first grade um and from that um you know we made australian 21s teams and and also got offers to play at the act brumbies which we were what year was that joel uh that would have been 1997 yeah Yeah, okay um so rugby has had just started to be, or just turned yeah, professional. a couple of years
2: in, then super 10. Yeah, and
0: Rod McQueen was coaching at the Brumbies. And, and we were both Good We coach. were both amazed, you know, so, uh, so elated. And then a matter of weeks, uh, a matter of weeks after I got a, a contract uh, offer from North Sydney Bears Rugby League, so an NRL contract on the table. So here's a kid, you know, wow. three years prior, drove out of his driveway with no expectations and then had two contract offers on the table, um, yeah, and I very yeah, cool. it was a, a meteoric rise, I guess, and it, it's something, that I still look back on and, and shake my head a little bit. I, I guess the the thing that pushed me towards because I, I opted for the NRL contract, it wasn't motivated by money, and it was, it, at the time it was a considerable, amount, a considerable amount higher, but it was waiting I, I was also waiting to, to learn whether I'd be on the end of the Wallaby tour, so there was speculation, there was media coverage about me being uh, picked out of a, a rookie bunch to go on a wallaby tour and if that had been the case then I would have opted for the Brumbies contract Taking but the Brumbies too. in the end my good mates Erling got an opportunity and I, and I won't say that was the wrong choice because obviously he went yeah, on to have he them.
2: kicked on to play some absolutely, amazing football
0: absolutely so you know it's funny how those moments happen in in, in sport at, yes. at the pointy end you, you know and, and I, I think we may address it later it's so much luck involved and, and sliding doors moments and yeah, for for all that to work out and, and, and fit into place is is somewhat amazing when you look back. Uh yeah, from there Japan. Just but, a little but, yeah, bit in Japan. So, yeah, had three years in the NRL, then went back to the ACT Brumbies, played there for six years in a in, in a team that was, you know, we look back as, as it is
2: Unbelievable. The, yes. the
0: Halcyon days of ACT rugby, well, although they're doing well now, but the, you know the names yeah. Geez, you
2: played under some coaches, too. <laughs> yeah, we we had a few Far different out. coaches.
0: Eddie Jones. Eddie Jones. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he was. Uh,
2: I'm massive fan. Yeah, he's an amazing of Eddie mentor. Jones.
0: Um, yeah, indeed, definitely. And and from there, you know, we we won the the Super Rugby Championship a few times whilst I was there. And then in two thousand at the end of the 2006 season, I I went with my young family over to uh, Kobe in Japan and and played for the Cabelco Steelers and then had two years there and then. And a further three years in Tokyo with the Rico Black Rams, that's where I finished uh, my playing okay. career. So a long way from Daniliquin and, wow. and Mudgee, yeah. but yeah, just a fantastic uh, experience.
1: So Joel, now you, after that amazing story, uh, you're in a position to help influence the sporting paths of young athletes. What are some of your philosophies in nurturing kids in sport?
2: And you might like to add there what you're doing currently, yeah. what your role is.
0: I'm currently working at Newington College at Wyvern Preparatory School as, as as the sports master here. I've been in this role, well, I've been at, at, the, at the college now for 10 years, in my 10th year. You know, I'm working with predominantly boys who are starting kindergarten to year six, but then also um, in my role, I also have quite um, you know, a, a decent role as a coach at the senior school as well. And this year I'm coaching the first 15 or, or helping to coach our first 15 squad. Nice. As well as that. Uh, you know I've got my own children I also help out coaching them on weekends whether it be you know rugby predominantly or, or cricket you know and I get to see a lot of the, the club you know atmosphere mm-hmm. as well and, and the things that are impacting club um, mm-hmm. sport pairing it to school sport and it is different um, but also you know doing or working through this all the time with you know my my professional sport goggles on and and referring to the things that I learned and the things that uh you know, I hold dear, and uh, you know, I, I know that are important to sport or in sport for boys and for boys to learn and for boys to uh, to work out for themselves. That's always something I'm referring to. So I guess I, I have a good cross section. Yeah. You know, I I was involved in in coaching rugby at semi professional level at, at you know first grade level. So, yeah, I, I can see I've I've got a lot of bases covered. So I. I I hope I can provide a little bit of insight today and, and some people can get some valuable information from me. That would be nice.
2: In, in the roles that you've covered there, you've obviously developed some strong philosophies on, on not only coaching, but probably helping to nurture kids in their own sporting journey. Can we flick for a minute to sports parents and uh, particularly at a school such as yours, you know where the opportunities, I'm sure... Um, for want of a better word, are probably great. Do you find sports parents in the modern day society are more invested, both emotionally and financially? Is high stakes. Is it high stakes?
0: Most definitely. Yeah. I have. I have my own views on on junior sport, and and I think we're erring a little with with how much importance is put on you know. Scores and results and
2: um, scholarships
0: and representative teams far too young. You know, I I think it all comes back to parents, and I've got my parent hat on now. It's what what do you want for your child out of sport? You know, what do you hold most important? What do you want for him as an outcome, or him or her as an outcome? And you know, I I think what is success in sport? Well, everybody would have a different Mm. um, perspective or a different answer on that. You know, we could hold quite a robust Mm-hmm. contentious discussion based on you know do you think Tiger Woods is you know is he is he a success and yes. I, and I think that would be quite a debatable topic you know fifteen years ago I'd say ninety nine percent of us would say yes but He's, now yeah. perhaps not you know that's just mm-hmm. that's just one uh, one person involved in sport uh, for me I want my children to be happy to enjoy themselves make great friends be healthy be a team player respect everybody involved have empathy for others, you know, all those all those values that we we hear about, show humility, be cooperative, improve. Do I want them to be a professional? Oh, it it'd be okay. I, I know it'd be fantastic if that's what they want to do. Mm. But gee, you you've got to be very lucky for that to happen. And you, you know, do. I, I think even when I reflect on my, you know, 15 year professional career, the things that i hold dear it's not the it's not the trophies it's not the 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 money it's not the 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 write ups in the paper it's all the friends you've met it's all the it's all the lifelong lessons you've learned it's all the you know the healthy aspects of sport the enjoyment i had you know i it's it's about the bus trips playing cards with your mates you know <laughs> it it's all those things that as a professional sportsman i'm not looking for the results it's not result orientated it's all about the lifelong moments that you remember and cherish, um, and the experience that you that you, you had. Um, you know, transferable skills are, are so um, important. The skills you learn at sport can definitely be a prior, uh, applied yes. in life, you know, work, after, and life in general. And you know, socially and emotionally healthy um, is a, a, a huge reason I, I feel as if you have an amazing enjoyment of sport, and, and that's something as in my role and as a parent. Um, That it's my number one that I'd like to instill. Sports, sports are a fantastic vehicle to test these attributes in in, on a regular basis. It is Um, so. Yeah, you know, to say, to ask, are parents more invested? I'd I'd say yes, Mm. because I feel as though you know the 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 importance on scores on you know, academies and reps. And where are and my kids getting picked where up? Where are my and... kids being A's and B's and their training loads and their, their talent ID and a specialization is all, all too early. You know, for me, I I never coach for the present. I, I, scoreboards are relevant. The results are irrelevant. For me, I'm always coaching with a mind on 15 years down the track. You know, mm. what can I teach these kids now that they'll be able to to refer to and, and use 15 years down the track? And, and, they can't use a, a twenty to ten score line. Like mm. that's that's the last thing they should you know should be thinking about if you're a coach.
1: But how tricky is it then being in that environment where they're perhaps that that philosophy conflicts with perhaps some of the philosophies of let's call so, them the parents. Yeah. Some of the parents. Well, th-
0: this is the thing, right? Parents. Mm. Uh, you know, we, we all know the parent. Um, whether you see mm-hmm. them at, at at school or on at club or you know on the sideline who are you know pacing up and down pulling their hair out yelling screaming waving their arms like that that's in the moment that there's a lot of pressure on on the on the, the, on, yeah. the on the child and let me tell you from from my own research, research um the kids are very perceptive uh, and that type mm-hmm. of a parent isn't isn't a positive uh, example for the kids and it's not giving them that that enjoyment that they crave through sport. No. But the thing you have to realize and the thing that I always need to just um, remember is that the parents who behave that, behave that way aren't doing it for their kids to have a negative mm. uh, no, time. They're, they're not. They're actually doing it out of a place of love and they just maybe, they just lose perspective. Um, I think that's a, a, a massive yes. thing for, for, for parents to keep is perspective. And, you know, when you've got, eight to 12 year olds we're talking about prep school or or, you know the number one important aspects are are the boys or girls enjoying themselves are they having fun are they making friends and if you can say that's the case are they they learning? learning um if you can say that's the case then that's awesome you know there's there's far too much uh you know importance put on you know what team are they in what was the result did he make a Selection? Did he get the ribbon? Because we know that these types of successes are fleeting in sport. Just because you are an eight-year-old A player doesn't mean you won't be a twelve-year-old D player, or just because you're a nine-year-old, or Or vice versa, versa. doesn't mean you know you're a twelve-year-old B B um, rugby player doesn't mean you won't be a twenty-four-year-old A grade rowing Olympian. You know that these are the these are the uh, modern day sporting. Um, achievements that we're seeing you know more and more kids um, who maybe aren't classified as being you know a talented player uh, are having an amazing time with sport or through sport um, in any number of sports and in any number of fields and and uh, I, I guess all all research you know or all expert opinion and, and what many people like me know and feel is right with with, with junior sport I feel as though most of the time these days, we're probably doing the exact opposite to what's important.
2: So Joel, what, what role do you feel sports parents should be playing that we're not?
0: I think you have to remember, and I'm talking you know, about maybe a team, a team sport general. in general, the kids have a coach, you know, they have a referee, they have teammates, they have people doing stats on the field, whatever that is, but do they have someone to take them there and someone to love them unconditionally? Um, you know, irrespective of the result, irrespective of what team they're playing, irrespective of the perceived effort on the field, once, once they walk off, can you, you know, unequivocally, unequivocally say that you're supporting them? I, th- I think that as parents, that's the number one role you need to be playing. Um, yeah. you know, there's, there's so much pressure for whatever reason, just because we lose that perspective. You know, kids at a young age are coached to win. Uh, they're selected to win there's a lot of dollars to be made from junior sport but i don't think any of that has a positive impact on long term progression it, it leaves totally kids agree. disappointed leaves them injured and broken it leaves you know uh, the true values of sport that means we you know we we're, we're, we're disregarding those we're not playing for them and you know, i think it gives gives junior junior athletes false hope and and you know kids have promised the world and when they when that does not come to fruition i think that's when you get uh, you know the disappointment you know, I I feel as though uh, to take a couple of steps forward. I, I feel as though sport in Australia is suffering at the top end because, you know, we're 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 trying to identify talent. We're putting this pressure unduly on kids at mm-hmm. too yeah. young of an age. I think more effort has been made to identify talent earlier, um, to the de- to the detriment of the, the late bloomer of the of the of the participant who picks up sport Indeed. at a later date. You know, we we're, we're picking. Yes, we may be picking the best. 12 year old athletes right now. Yeah. But that doesn't mean they'll be the best that's right. you know, 20-year-old mm. football player or
2: you know it, it widens the gap, doesn't it? Like if 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 someone gets hold of you at twelve and gives you and nurtures you and gives you advice and takes you on, and I don't get it, as you said. By the time I'm 16, I'm I'm probably disinterested in yeah,
1: the problem is you're gonna burn out. That shit's yeah. gonna burn out. Well, that's
2: that was yeah. that's what we're talking about. Yeah. I'm talking about having an incorrect yeah. focus. But it does broaden the gap, Tiff, because mm. Joel, if he gets picked up, will get bigger, stronger, faster, and more skillful. Whilst whilst I'm waiting in the wings, and perhaps I'm playing two or three and other what sports.
1: Will to you is you'll give up, and there, there is a massive gap, that's and that's right. what's happening. That's right. and That's what
2: we're saying. Mm-hmm. And there has to always be a vehicle for kids to continue in sport, regardless of ability, and playing mm. multiple grades and having it set up that way, so that everybody's enjoying it.
0: Yeah, and I, I think it, you know, in this day, uh, at this time. You know, too much uh, pressure or too much angst from parents is, is put onto kids about, you know, selection and and and, and, score lines. and kids are resilient. Uh, and if you don't put that that pressure on them, they'll bounce back super quick. Um, and, and I think the majority of the time kids, kids may show disappointment, but I only feel as though that's because they feel as though parents will be. They should. They're, they're projecting their own parents' disappointment. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, from what I I see, you know, pa- parents' ambition for their kids, if it if it ever is superior to their their, their child's ambition, it, it's never a positive outcome. You know, as as parents, you know, as I alluded to earlier, if we provide the logistics and we provide the love, that's all you need to worry about. Parents need to, to disengage. You know, trust the coach, uh, trust the you know, trust the the referee. Be just be a parent let, and let their kids find their own passion. You know, I, I think yeah if parents can do that more often and it is tricky believe me I, although I, although i'm preaching this advice i've ha- i've
1: had <laughs> How do you find I've, I've had to
0: hard. bite my tongue you know so often i am a competitive sportsman mm. i i i see you know so many things that they could be doing better out there so many yes. things that the coach could be doing differently but let me tell you as we as we spoke about earlier i've had you know some coaches who are regarded as the greatest ever coaches in the game but at the same time, I don't remember too much they said to me. Yeah. I remember what my coach, you know, when I was nine years old told me. You know, that's these, these values that, 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 you know, are instilled in young people that you will carry through with you for life. And I, I can remember what my coach, and he's a fantastic man, Barry Slater, his name was, he was a teacher mm. at my public school who used to coach the school team. He used to come up with these little you Know one liners all the time, you know. About
1: have you got one? Do you remember? Oh,
0: one? you know, if in doubt, kick it out, or the sideline <laughs> is your friend. All these little bits and <laughs> all, all these little things that, uh, you know, I, I, I still you know remember, but I, I don't remember. <laughs> and this is, yeah. and this isn't uh, a slide on Eddie Jones, but I don't remember too much he told me, I, uh, you know. <laughs> But obviously, you know, <laughs> at that time, those formative years are, are so important. And I think this is what we need to, to understand. These Thanks. formative years, children have got, if, if they are good enough and if they have the luck, you know, they've got plenty mm. of times to be a, time to be a, be a professional. But All right. well, they're, they're, only kids, they're only kids for a, a small amount of time.
1: I know. Well, let's talk about that luck factor because it has come up a number of times uh, in, the, in, in our discussion so far. So, what role uh, do talent and, and luck play in sporting pathways? Oh, uh,
0: talent and luck. So, I think the word talent or, mm. or, or elite or amazing
1: mm-hmm.
0: gets bandied around a lot. It does. Particularly for kids who. Are too young. I, I'm still yet to see anything elite or, ta- or, or or about an eight to fifteen year old. I think maybe once you get to the age of sixteen to seventeen, you may be able to refer to a young sportsman as being elite mm. or even talented.
1: Mm.
0: I, I guess talent. Yeah, you you can have talent, but that doesn't that doesn't indicate where. You'll get to. Well, it doesn't mean it doesn't indicate how much success you'll have because there are so many other factors at play. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we if we're talking about um, success in sport, and you know it's about having you know lifelong being a lifelong participant and and having memories mm-hmm. experiences that you can transfer and, and use for life, then
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know talent doesn't really equate that often. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't think if you look at professional sports, I mean, if we want to gauge our success on you know if you become a professional sportsman i also Mm. don't think Mm. talent is a a huge factor either it is a factor obviously you have to have talent but there are a number of different attributes which separate you in the long run and that's you know things like commitment and
2: work work ethic
0: and work ethic and resilience and uh, respect and self-belief and discipline and passion you know internally motivated being coachable I um, was just
2: about to say you can be taught the rest. Yeah,
0: and, and a thing that I always um, I always think about is something called grit. You know, you've got mm-hmm. to have that. And and my mum used to say, oh, whenever you run onto the rugby field, it gives me shivers because you you know, you just get this white line fever. Your eyes just go <laughs> to this scary place. Glaze and, over. Yeah, glaze over, and that's something you can't coach. Like that's something you mm. cannot coach. Believe me, you cannot cannot coach a, a child to, you know, yeah, have, to that, have that have you that know, grit and determination. That's that's intrinsic.
1: And can you pick that early on? Then that's the. That, can you see that in kids? You know, in that early age. And I'm not saying you push those kids to a certain point, but can you see that in kids?
0: I think you can. You, there are some kids mm. where you see at five years of age who have that inbuilt resilience. They never give mm. in. They will persist until they get it right. And mm. you know there are those types of, of 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 kids there are also some types mm. of kids and i think back to that story i had when i was 14 and i decided to go and play golf and then <laughs> then my my mind changed and i realized what i was missing out on at rugby sometimes you need those moments as well to yeah to, to realize that you know what i hang
2: on yeah hang, i really do love hang this hang on a
0: second i really do love this and that can provide that determination and and motivation and and grit as well so you know, i i think parents are so worried about making their or not making having their child play the same sport forever because heaven help us if he chooses another sport and he's got to go back a few notches and we've and, we, <laughs> and we've wasted all this, start again. we've wasted all this time and money nurturing this future hall of famer and then we're going to just forget all that that's actually the the the, the opposite um of what we, of how we need to be thinking these days you know you need that that diversification Gosh, I, I think I think back to I, I was re, I was regarded as a as a good defender in rugby, so enjoyed making tackles, and and I think back to my days playing golf and lawn bowls, and you, geez, you wouldn't never associate those two sports with anything involved with rugby, but I honestly <laughs> think those two sports helped me become a a, a great defender. You know, you've got your your weight transfer that you need to, to send the ball down the fairway, and you've also got, you know, the mechanics involved in dropping your body height yep. and keeping your eyes up and your back straight in in lawn bowls Which that is you great need in a tackle. I've great coming
1: into a tackle. Great coming into a tackle. <laughs> so
0: yeah, mate, I haven't I haven't taken that any further. Or maybe I need to start getting the lawn bowls out for my my team. Yes, yeah. yes. But you know, I, I
2: you might start some recruitment.
0: You, <laughs> Yeah, over over sixties. Irrisp- ir- irrespective of what sport you play, you will be able to gather those skills, and you, it may be mm. you know something that you've never even really thought about. And you will mm. you will you will apply them to whatever sport you choose um, at the pointier end, and definitely be a better sportsman, all round sportsman for it.
2: You've touched on this already, but we're really curious because Tiffany and I probably sit. In this bucket, yeah, I'm, throwing I'm
1: saying that this is us. So we want with, some genuine feedback with here.
2: Being a sports parent who only wants to see their kid put in effort, yeah, and perhaps we get a little bit frustrated if we perceive they're not or don't. What would you say to us?
0: Well, here's the thing. I, I know you. I, I know you two had quite um, successful sporting backgrounds, and yeah, g- genetics is a funny thing. Like I, I see, you know, you see. Uh, brothers or, or, or sisters or siblings, all the time, and you've got really some kids who find sport super easy, and you could refer to them as being, you know, a, a talented sportsman who has great gross motor skills and uh, you know superb spatial awareness. And then their sibling could be polar opposite. Um, so mm. genetics is another one of those things which is just yeah. really unreliable, unreliable. <laughs> Uh, Yeah, and I even look back. I I look at my kids, and and my son. I'll I'll say this without being biased, but I guess I get a good sense of what of how he's tracking, and I can compare him to all the kids here I see on a weekend and during school. He's an amazing, um, amazingly gifted in terms of his gross motor skills. So he's he's got well, he's almost sixteen now. So he's you could almost classifying him classify him as being a mildly talented sportsman but my Mm -hmm. daughter on the other hand she finds it a lot more difficult but my goodness she has amazing um you know enjoyment from sports so that's awesome you know and you know my 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 son i could see him having with luck he could become uh, a really good sportsman but who knows like you know we we touched Mm -hmm. on luck and i don't think you know you understand exactly what's required um To get to an elite level, you you have to have so much luck. Whether that's through not being injured on the field, whether it's through Mm -hmm. just a a moment or an opportunity within a game that you are afforded and you take advantage of, and you have the right person watching you in the stand at the time, like so many things have to go your way. But uh, you know, how do I know what their best effort is on the field? Well, I counter that question with, how do you know what their best effort is? You know, just Mm -hmm. because you think. Their best effort well, you
2: feel like you've seen it.
0: Yeah, that you think their best effort could be somewhere else. That doesn't mean it it, it should it's be. It's not their best effort on maybe the day. It, maybe it's their best effort on the day. I mean, you see some you know, you see some professional athletes and professional sportsmen do indeed. have differing, you know, yep, efforts levels, levels on the on the field <laughs> at any given day. So, you know, how do you know what your your, your Sometimes child's day best effort is on the on the on any given know. day? And you know that's all about uh, you know a, a kid's potential and, and a and a kid's or a, a child's um, you know what what is their what is their ceiling what is their limit like and, and you you know you can look back at people that you played with um, throughout your 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 time or people you trained yes. with and my goodness I have played with household names you know you talk about George Gregan and Stephen Larkham like people who who know rugby know these know these people. Yeah, um, yeah yeah absolutely talented but driven and committed and disciplined i've i've played with people you've never heard of but they are far more they talented
2: phenomenal footballers far more talented yeah, than, than these didn't people want it.
0: We're, we're talking about they just didn't have what it took or maybe they just didn't have that ceiling um they didn't have the self-belief or the discipline required or the luck you know and and there's there's plenty of talented people you've never heard of most of them are playing in country towns like Mudgy, but are mining when yes. they're living.
1: It's so hard to reconcile sometimes, mm. isn't it? Just thinking about But all of like that.
0: uh you know, like commitment and grit, um, effort can change and evolve over time. You know, that comes mm. with, you know, self-confidence. You know, we we spoke about the the difference between, you know, a 14 year old in terms of their physical attributes. Mm. They can be great, but over time, everything evens out, and you know effort can change accordingly. And you know it might be just that one moment in a game which gives you some self belief or, or you know mm. some 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 confidence that that can, you know, change or cor- or correct those <laughs> those effort areas and and the passion or the drive that many may have. Yeah, I, I think that's important to remember.
2: We we do talk about exactly what you what you just mentioned. Let's call it an evening out period with our now fourteen year old daughter. Mm because swimming is something that she really enjoys among other things she does play a bit of soccer and netball and other sports at school but swimming is certainly her passion if she was to choose something and and she's going really well and and on great progression but she looks at the girls above her and thinks that swimming more mm. will get her there yeah and and we're like don't worry if if you're in it for the long haul and it's something that you love and it clearly is you just Keep going on your own rate right and things will even out soon enough. Yeah. And then you'll know where you sit.
0: Yeah. I, I think swimming, <laughs> I, I, I did some mm-hmm. swimming club when I was younger, but I just, I think it's a horrible sport.
1: <laughs> <It's laughs> oh, no. We don't know where she gets it from. Staring
0: we're at a, we're land staring animals at animals in this house. Staring at a black line. And I think, you know, we talk about yeah. commitment. Gosh, you've got to be committed for a sport it's like that, where you can, you know, and especially at the top end, when you do get to that you know that that time in your life you know it might be from 16 onwards where you're at your peak physical performance gosh you could train for 10 years and and not improve your pb Longer. it's just like oh exactly goodness where are those moments yep. then that's it's a tough it's a tough way my 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 niece and nephew uh are, are similar they they're swimming now and um you know yeah, I, I look, you know, my 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 niece is going to Olympic trials. She's only fifteen, but she's got the, the oh, qualifying wow. times to go to Olympic trials and she's up against, you know, household names and she's walking to the marshalling area taking selfies with these, you know combatants. <laughs> it's, it's, it's an interesting way it's so playing cool. out. But yeah, you, That's you know, cool. over time, who knows? Who knows? But yeah, I, I think if you can if you can if you enjoy it and your parents' ambition is not outweighing yours, then you've, you're going to give yourself every chance long-term to have you know, a success. Whatever that may look like, you'll, you will have yeah. success yes. long-term.
2: Yeah. And that's, again, that's not a reference to Olympics or anything else no. or becoming professional. No. It's a reference to enjoying swimming right. and getting the best out of yourself and taking on new challenges. And she's looking at things like ocean swims now with renewed vigor, and she's quite excited about those types of challenges. Um, along with swimming faster, yeah. but she she really enjoys that type of thing.
0: You just look at something like that, and like you, you can get into triathlon and you know, yes. swimming, and just join clubs and you know little groups. You could you could have yep, a lifelong involvement in, in sport in Absolutely. that in that area, and make some amazing friends, be healthy, be happy, and or who knows, maybe she will make the you know the next Olympic team. It's 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 for them. You
1: don't know. You
0: just don't know. Do. It's it's to quote what is it, uh, Forrest Gump. Instead of life, yeah. is like a bit, I, I think your, yeah, kids you never are like, know what you're going to get. You just never know what you're going to get. It, <laughs> you, you really don't. It's so true.
2: Mate, um, you've mentioned the word quite a few times and I, I was curious. You've spoken about grit. Mm. Are you getting that or have you read Angela Duckworth's book?
0: No, I grit? haven't. I haven't. Well, is that in I the sporting can certainly
2: context? Refer- mate, from what I've heard from you, you will love it. Okay. <laughs> and in essence – it is referencing what we're sort of determining here as immeasurable. Mm. And she just gives you some insight into how to find people with grit. Yeah. And what it what it takes to have grit and how potentially you can develop some around things that you love. Mm. It's a it's a really cool book. So Grit, Angela Duckworth. That's
0: okay, thank my you.
2: recommendation to you. Well
0: I, I I I just I just think that uh you know parents of of, of school-aged children, um, there's definitely years, and, and I, I sort of loosely think of them a, a, around four years, um, separates eight-year-olds, twelve, 16s and twenties. And mm-hmm. I, I think they're, yep. they're developmental stages where mm-hmm. and, and there's huge, there's a huge shift from once you leave school and maybe mm-hmm. and maybe have you know less logistical support from parents. Um, that's where it all shifts Sticky. again. So it when
1: yeah,
0: you, know, you don't have your parents packing, you know, your your, 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 your bag yeah. when they they're not driving you, when they're not cooking your breakfast, giving you money to buy lunch, and giving you all your all that's required. Are you going to be or committed or Still gritty enough, um, you know, to take yourself to training on a cold winter's night, on a on a terrible field somewhere in Sydney with 10-year-old balls and dogs walking over the field like are you still going to enjoy it for for what it is and and have the determination required to to stay in the game that's that's a that's a real significant um milestone and and I think you know if if you're a parent who's done too much in that area for your your youngster fair chance when they do leave school and you're not offering that support anymore They will just simply find it too tough. They need to be the drivers of that, uh, uh, of a lot of that, you know, packing their mouth guards and their boots and making sure their drink bottle's ready and they're they're at the door waiting for you to go, not the other way around. I think if if parents can instill that that type of a, you know, a behavior in their kids, they'll definitely have uh, more success long term.
1: John's fist pumping in the
2: background here. (laughs) Mate. Never a true, never a truer word spoken. It's <laughs> totally true. Yeah. It, it really is. Yeah. If you're dragging me into the car and saying, "Where's your boots? Where's your water bottle? How come you haven't packed the night before?" Well, I,
0: I think this is like my putting my parent hat back on. You know, when my son would say, "Oh, uh, you know, uh, I didn't kick goals very well this weekend." I'm like, "Oh well, what are you going to do? Like, what are you? What are you going to do about it?" Because I remember, geez, I'd I'd be till dark. I'd I'd ride my bike four blocks. Totally. And let me tell you, mudgy winters are a lot colder than Sydney's. Um, you know, Mm -hmm. you'd be kicking till you you, your feet were blue, so you couldn't see the ball. Yeah. So now he's at the age where you know he is becoming more and more self motivated, and he's taking himself to the park to kick goals, and it has a lot to do with me because I've never had those. I've never offered those answers up. Answers up. I've never taken him and, and held his hand, I've always thrown it back on him. It was, if you like to call it tough love, that's exactly what it was. I know what's required. And if he wants to have that, um, you know, success, whether that's he a, a, a higher success him. rate in in his goal kicking, then, yeah, he, he has to do that. He's got that's to go and practice. Yeah, ab- absolutely.
1: Mm, it's a good one. Well, what a conversation, Ben. <laughs> I don't know whether we can distill it into this, but um, – Joel if you had one piece of advice for sports parents what would it be
0: I meet a lot of parents in my role here at school and I and I, I see a lot of new boys coming to school and uh, I meet a lot of new parents and you won't believe the amount of times I'm introduced or, or their 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 child is introduced as a as an amazing
2: great rugby player a great or a great rugby soccer player, player
0: or a top level Opening batsman, or a, you know, he's an he's an A um, soccer player for such and such, and I just, go, oh wow, that's that's really the wrong thing um, to do because <laughs> because that will absolutely change. That will, you know, in, introduce me to your to your child as the fastest swimmer. That will absolutely change. Like, who in their right mind thinks that you know um, your eight-year-old Who's the fastest He's swimmer in his data. school will be the fastest swimmer forever or you know your your son who's you're you're referring to as an amazing soccer player he may he may you know have a have a road bump along the way so I want you to to remember not to refer to your 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 child as an, an amazing athlete but refer to them as an athlete who who loves sport or who has some amazing friends through sport or, or looks forward to sport. If, if we can use that type of a rhetoric, anything other than that is somewhat counterproductive. I, I think if we can use that terminology, I, I think we'll, we'll be providing for our kids um, so much more. That's gold. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Sports Parenthood. Please leave a review, share with your friends or visit our website, sportsparenthood.com.au to connect. Catch you next week.